0: i don't want to be in a church that only talks about politics and that almost confuses politics and religion but i also don't want to be in a church that doesn't engage with the world all right neil would you rather have a self-proclaimed socialist or a narcissistic reality television star as your president
1: Hmm. loaded question Yeah, but but a real one, unfortunately. So I I I think you want to talk about politics today. I just uh, a random hunch there, Rob. Legend in
0: politics,
1: (laughs) my favorite. So why do? Or actually, before why? Politics is a very so there's 24 hour you know news cycles about politics, political shows. So what what are we gonna focus in on? on this weighty, big topic?
0: Well, I think that the, the question that I just asked you is, is not, uh, maybe that's not the hardest question to answer. There's, I think, a lot harder questions that we could pose, but um, I think with the divisiveness and the nastiness that we see in the political discourse on television, between the left and the right, I think the Christian has a hard time, or can have a hard time, figuring out where to land, how to engage, and in general, just how to relate to politics. Okay, so it's politics in the
1: Church, that's where we're going, huh? I think so. All right, let's, let's jump in.
0: Welcome to a World Intention Podcast, a place where we examine the opposing pulls and struggles of
1: life to uncover clarity, purpose, and practical solutions. Come join us as we seek to get comfortable facing the uncomfortable. This is a World Intention. Okay, so before we focus in, you know, you and I were talking about this, and I thought it was a very good and important point that we could talk about all the classic issues out there pro life pro choice gender issues things of race social justice all the all these activist big activist groups yeah, all all this big stuff but you said that's actually what th- those are the political issues mm-hmm. but what you want to do is get into how do we how do we grapple with this in the church so let let's talk about Why you want to go down that pathway?
0: Well, I I think because over the last couple of years, uh, as I've watched the polarization of America, I've seen uh, it become harder and harder to find where I can fit in. Um, And so it's a tension point in my life. I was raised by very political parents.
1: Um, so you're saying you're, you're coming to this church or this place, mm-hmm. this house of worship, where you should feel included, and you're saying you're feeling a little isolated. Is that?
0: Yeah, I, I would say I would say even in my own life, just knowing how political or non-political to be is been a hot button issue for me. Okay. I really would like to tease out. Or have wanted to tease out, you know, how the Christian can responsibly and uh, in a healthy way engage with politics because it's not a very healthy area. The, the way I uh, the way I've been thinking about it is, you know, there's a couple questions uh, like, how do we engage? Okay. Um, you know do do we engage as the activist on the front line of you know um, a uh, you know what do you call it, a, um, a rally? or I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't want to <laughs> so, use any— So you
1: must go to a lot of rallies. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know, do you
0: call it a protest or an insurrection these days? It's uh, Even what you call it is uh, political. But, um, yeah, are we on the front lines of the rallies and the protests, uh, or are we behind the scenes? Are we posting our political position on Facebook? Are we, you know, are we uh, talking with individuals about our our beliefs? How do we engage in a healthy way? That's one of the questions that comes up in my mind. How do we show, you know, how do we show respect to people that we don't agree with? How do we get along with those people? How do we worship side by side with them? Um, And then, you know, like, what are we doing with candidates that just absolutely don't match up hundred percent with our belief system. How do we engage in a system where it seems like nobody is 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 a good candidate?
1: So there's, I, I, I hear, and I mean those are all excellent questions. I think those are very helpful in pointing out real tensions in in the Church related to politics, and I hear you using a word a lot, which is engage, and so mm-hmm. it makes me think there's, you know, part of this, you know, this tension is between engaging and the opposite, which you haven't talked about a, a lot yet, is the disengage, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would actually t- tend to say that for me personally, I lean probably more in the disengaged
0: side mm-hmm. um, and tend to fall that way. Um, well, you know, I mean, a reading of Matthew, like I was, you know, we didn't get into this in our prep, but, um, you know, even the words of Jesus can feel like it can put us on one of those sides, either engaging or disengaging. Christ I mean, speaking tensions, right? Yeah. So you know, Jesus wants us to be shrewd as serpents. He wants us to be the salt of the earth. Um, did you? Did you? you know, did you go out with the sword at first? No, I sent you without one, but now you probably should sell some things and get one, (laughs) you know? And then on the other side, we see Jesus saying things like, turn the other cheek, love your enemy, give to the beggar, don't refuse the borrower. You know, that's not, you know, traditional things that we hear on the right very often to, you know...
1: So be a fighter or be a doormat.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, and it's... You know, the truth is somewhere in between, obviously, but...
1: Yeah, or, or both. Or both, right. Right, and I think that's mm-hmm. some of the discernment of how do we, how do we figure that out, and, uh, you know, one thing I, I always try to think through in this tension issue is, again, if the remedy is surrender, there's a whole... The problem mm-hmm. is a whole lot of control, which is trying to gain it, by holding on to some maybe extreme position or even trying to let go of it and the apathy is a form of kind of letting go of control but you're not really Mm -hmm. it's it's like you can uh, you know i can almost just speaking for myself almost have an arrogant view of saying oh those people worry about that stuff too much they're Mm -hmm. they're they're fooling themselves on these on these these little issues right like there's bigger issues here yeah
0: well let's put ourselves in both shoes for a second Let's look at the person who, you know, doesn't spend any time on Facebook and thinks it's ridiculous that someone would air out their political, you know, laundry or political beliefs in that forum. Um, You know, that person, you know, may have a strong belief that their beliefs are private or that nobody cares what their beliefs are where it's not the right forum or that it might offend people. And the person, you know, who is doing the posting may may feel as though they're being called to say, hey, look, this is a platform that thousands, millions of people use. And if I'm not taking this opportunity to share what I believe Jesus has told me is truth, I'm squandering an opportunity. Now look at it from the other perspective. You know, that and that on the other on the other side of that. You know, you may, in fact, offend, you know, a whole lot of people by sharing what you believe passionately, but without much love. And, you know, the the many seeds that, that Christians have planted in the lives of some of those people may be stomped on because you've, you know, had to share your opinion. So, I mean, I can see it from both sides, and hence the tension
1: yeah no i think that's good and i think we yeah we and then you can't ever feel the problem when you're trying to grapple for that control or even saying throwing your hands up is that you can never feel quite content like you're holding strong to a position You, you can't tell enough people you can't like there's this restlessness and even on like i'll just speak to me personally when i let go of stuff man, how I can feel like a, a, an idiot when something some people are talking about an issue that everyone knows about it, and because I've turned off the news feed, I have no clue. It's mm-hmm. like, man, you should really be a little bit more engaged with what's going on around you, right? Mm-hmm. It, that makes me feel
0: restless in that way. I feel I don't like to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, you know, I think we need to mention, uh, you know, Another one of these tensions, at least, kind of tease it out a little bit, is the whole candidate issue. I mentioned, Uh, you know, in the one of the last elections, I couldn't find a candidate that I my conscience would allow me to 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 vote for, and I was I was viewing it through the eyes of my daughter, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, who who would I rather have my daughter? in a room with you know person x or person y and i came to the point of saying gosh you know i just don't i i can't if i can't couldn't trust this person with my daughter um you know how can i vote for them how can i how can i say that they're the best person to be you know the president of the united states just because they you know say they believe in life
1: And and people took that a lot—I think you're not alone in that position people took in the church, but then others took, I'll call it a a, a kind of a a lesser of two evils or a a pragmatic approach. A very pragmatic and
0: reasonable.
1: That I need to pick pick this one is better than the other. Again, lesser of two evils, but saying to not do this is squandering my opportunity— to at least shape something right exactly so so who's wrong there i i i don't think you you brought up that that interesting word of of conscience right and mm-hmm. and how the the bible has a lot to say about that and and we actually we've we you and i have walked through a book specifically on the conscience in, mm-hmm. in a group and Man, talk about a gray area, right? Talk about tension. It is
0: it's gray because I've had you know, I've used that argument that I just laid out about, you know, hey, I don't know that I would trust this person with my daughter. How can I vote vote for them? And the response was you're not being asked to trust your daughter with this person. (laughs) You're you're being asked the question of whether this person should represent you as the president versus this other person who believes in, you know, killing unborn babies, you know, I mean it's a tough it's a tough thing and, and I understand taking both sides, but it certainly brings up tension. Cause where do you land? You know, how do you how do you how do you how do you pay respects to your conscience, which presumably is, you know, as a Christian coming from the Holy Spirit.
1: Okay, so what is this really uncovering? about us in here. I mean like before we get to the the practical solutions. Mm-hmm. What what are, you know, underneath these tensions? I think that the premise here is that there's usually there's layers, right? Like there there's other stuff underneath. So what what do you think this is this to- this topic of politics and expe- specifically in the church? What do you think
0: it's uncovering
1: about us?
0: What does it expose in a sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think I think th- uh, isolation. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that as a as a as a believer, as we watch the poles move further and further apart and and away um, from a more sort of mainstream moderate position, I think we're moving further and further away from what God calls us to. I mean, I've seen quite a bit of rhetoric that I think is um, not appropriate from a racial perspective coming out of the alt-right, um, which would be the extreme right. And yet I've seen a lot of blurring of the lines of truth, um, and I've seen a lot of hedonism coming out of the left.
1: It's just, it's That topic, that's a great—isolation is a great one. And I think what's so difficult about that, you, you think about it, people are— trying to get in, like they're getting in their little tribes, and those tribes are becoming more and more narrow. And they're looking for, we're all looking for some sort of bond, right? And, but, so when you have these smaller tribes, Mm -hmm. now you've created more
0: isolation, which is really damaging. Well, a perfect example of this is someone sent us a link to a podcast as we were prepping for this. It was a conversation between uh, Tim Alberta and Russell Moore um, and it outlined something, you know, that you, you brought up, which is these two churches that grew exponentially because they took a side. One said, look, politics is not what we're doing, we're not getting into it, we're moving away from these topics of conversation because it's so divisive, and then another church said, we're, we're, we're jumping in, we're taking a stand on these issues, and both churches grew a lot. Now, I don't know that I could feel comfortable in either of those churches, and that's that's what I'm talking about as far as isolation. I don't want to be in a church that only talks about politics and that almost confuses politics and religion, but I also don't want to be in a church that doesn't engage with the world and isn't willing to take a stand on things where there is a right and a wrong.
1: Right, So, and this is where I think this point of getting too narrowly focused on these issues like you're making that the chief thing mm-hmm. and then you're 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 chucking a big a huge concept of what god calls us to which is unity right i mean that you're 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 completely where like so I, what i would ask those churches is where is unity on the more important things of what you hold as your core tenets of faith, where Mm -hmm. is that in in what you're kind of putting all your energy into?
0: Well, I mean, I think that leads to kind of another type of, you know, uh, response or, you know, that this brings about in us, and that is idolatry. Like, Like, we make too much of something other than Christ.
1: Okay, so explain that one a little bit more. So,
0: like... I think idolatry could could take the form of a person person's identity being wrapped up in their party platform. Um, so, you know, I'm a I'm a Christian nationalist Republican. Like that's who I am, and I'm not I'm not a you know a child of God. I am a you know whatever the label is or. I am a social justice warrior, you know. Um, And so, you know, when your candidate loses, your party loses, um, you feel like society is moving, you know, in a direction away from where you live, all of a sudden you're you're shattered, your identity is shattered.
1: Yeah, and I I I, like—I had you tease out idolatry because you hear that—it's like this biblical world, a word, right? Like don't have idols, and you understand, I, I like what you said about identity, that when these, these other things, they start to define you, and they take you away from what is most important. So those are two really good examples, isolation and idolatry, but they seem a little bit more on kind of the active side of things. What about something less active or controlling like apathy? Right? Yeah. I,
0: oh, absolutely. I I mean, I think I, I would say I fall into that a little bit at times, um, but certainly a choice to run away from politics and, and just p- not pay attention, turn it off, don't talk about it, ignore it, put your head in the sand and just – yeah vilify it in a sense. I mean,
1: that's—of uh, the three, like, that's that's the one I choose the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one
0: I resonate with the most. What about—I mean, what about you? I would say isolation, for me, is probably the biggest one. But I would say I err on the side. I mean, if we're if we're putting idolatry, like being super passionate about one perspective or another versus just saying, bump it, I'm not even going to pay attention to either side— I would say I fall more on the, the apathetic side.
1: Okay. Well, so, but why? Why? What aspect of
0: isolation do you resonate with? There came a time in the uh, in the twenty twenty election when I felt like, at least on the Republican end of things, um, that one of the big influences became the Proud Boys. They're they're all over the news, you know. Um so if you were if you were uh, listening to CNN, you're hearing about the proud boys doing this and the proud boys doing that. And if you know anything about the proud boys, they're a pretty extreme group, you know, bikers, really into, you know, heavy drinking, partying, but they're not going to let anybody tell them what to do. So a government that is totalitarian and telling people what to do is not their cup of tea, and they're very active on the conservative end of politics, but, For me, that didn't feel like a good bedfellow. You know, that was not my cup of tea. And I, I kept thinking, you know, gosh, if that's where the Republican Party is heading, is to the biker gangs and to the, you know, to these more marginalized groups, uh, more extremist groups. I'm going to be lonely here in about a decade if we keep moving in this polarizing direction. Because on the other end, I'm not, you know, I'm not a social justice warrior. You know, and I, and I think you know, most of this PC culture is ridiculous, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, but I, but I do, I, I must say that the times I do feel like when I'm getting w- woken up out of my a- apathy and I use that word. Wait, woke, you use woke. Yeah. That was, uh, th- th- yeah. that's dangerous. Yeah. That's dangerous. Um, but, uh, but what I was going to say is usually what fires me up is um, thinking actually about those who are disenfranchised and, who kind of get a, a bum rap and have a really tough life and seem to be walking around and no one's doing anything about it. I mean, and that's not true, but I'm just saying that's the area. Like, I'll give you an example. When I when I run into people and they're, you can tell like we're in a different standing of life. They're, they're living on the streets, whatever. There's a part of me that actually comes more alive when I get in that conversation with them, sometimes more alive than with people in this church building, because there's an authenticity there. I guess I, guess I just really value that authenticity and, and and getting real with them. But it makes me want to want to kind of champion for that. Now, you know, I, I quickly fall back into my apathy. But I, it's just interesting that actually would be an issue that I would see myself probably getting into more. And I think that's where people start to lead towards these. I need to be doing something and staking their claim to this is this is who I need to be. This is this is how I become a champion for this cause instead of a champion for Christ.
0: Right. Well, there's so many things like like that where you just think, okay, you know, um, you know, I I could be I could be engaging in in this topic, um, or because I just don't have the energy. To, to fuss with it or to, to fight with it or to take a stand, you just run away. You run away from it. Um, and so, I don't know, I was going to ask sort of specifically, you know, you asked me how isolation resonated with me. But what is your apathy more because it's harder to not be apathetic or do you feel like it's more because um, you just truly don't care? I yeah I tend not to care.
1: I I I I I think it's there's only so many things you can devote your time to and I see it kind of like a waste of time. And and I know that I'm I'm giving you kind of right. extreme view. Mm-hmm. I don't think politics is a waste of time, but why, maybe a better way of saying it is-, is Arguing
0: if, about politics well, no, no, is it, a waste of it, time. No, or? no,
1: even if I just put it on a value stack, it mm-hmm. falls pretty low for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think about other things that I would rather pursue, like even, I, I wanna put my active energy into what we're doing right here, mm-hmm. right? Into writing, into spending time with the kids, and in, into athletics, like,
0: I, you know, we run, right? Like, I, I the, that's where I wanna spend my time, I mean, you know, I mean, I think we could both define where apathy, you know, where our own apathy comes from. But I, I kind of feel like my own sort of engagement is pretty useless in the scheme of things. Like, what's it really going to accomplish? What what does my one vote or my voice, what is it really going to do,
1: you and, know? And so uh, so let's make this practical. I mean, I I think we talked about this, the, the fundamental or core tension in this between surrender and control and so when you're feeling loss of control or like i really need to grapple down and do something Mm -hmm. those are just control that lead to restlessness ultimately you're never going to get satisfied there so i mean how do we how can we take a more healthy perspective when we you, you know suddenly we leave this room and you and i are encountering someone in the church that maybe holds something really super tight a strong position or they're just like, eh, whatever. whatever. How what's a healthy way to approach this
0: in surrender? Like how, how how do we do that? I think first it's helpful to try to define that just a little bit more for me. So let me kind of restate what you're saying and make sure I'm understanding you correctly. But when we we're ultimately taking control if we say, peace out, I'm done with this political stuff. Yeah. We ultimately are also taking control if we, basically, get hot and bothered about our favorite issue, and we're we're a warrior on that. Ultimately, we're we're taking control. Yep. So it's all about us and our yes. system. We're either we're either fighting, or we're fleeing, um, and you're saying that's control. Um, and then the opposite is surrendering and, and recognizing that God is in control. Is yeah. that yeah. I actually think that the solution or that the practical response comes from teasing out what surrender looks like in this particular situation.
1: Yeah, I agree. Don't so, you? Well let's let's go there. I mean, how how do we do this? I mean, how do we you know, so let's let's take both of those. Let's t- walk through both those situations. So there's the person that holds tightly to something. They want to tell you every reason, convince you why you should come over to their side and why you should be thinking about this. How do you address that person who, oh, honestly, has stopped listening to you and anything on the opposing side? Well, how do you, how do you think we we press in with that person? How, how do we get them to see surrender as more valuable than whatever they're
0: holding on to? You called it an idol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as I was thinking about this, you know, I was spending time in Matthew, uh, all the verses that I pulled out about what Jesus has to say to us about engagement with the world uh, came from Matthew, and this verse comes from Matthew. And, you have heard that it has been said, "You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say, Jesus says, "Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven." Um, you know, I I think ultimately what we're what we're saying there, and, and and enemy may be a strong word. They can become enemies. Yeah, they can. Um, so you know, I think we're called to to love your enemy and and pray for them. And, you know, it's easy to think of the person, you know, who's, you know, being not listened to as the person wronged and as the person who needs to pray for that person who is, you know, kind of pressing into them. But I think when we hear ourselves in our in our heart, the inner voice when we he- hear ourselves sort of judging or pulling away from somebody because of their beliefs and wanting to, in a sense, paint them as the bad guy in our mind, we need to stop and go, oh, wait, I shouldn't be arrogant about my position here. I shouldn't be judgmental of this person who doesn't see things my way. I need to love them. And pray for them.
1: Well, and I think it's the the love and truth, right? I think I think the Christian wants to go to the response of, you know, we should you know, basically we're all unique, you know, sacred creations, honestly, right? But mm-hmm. God God created and so love is the natural thing. But I think there's also there's a higher truth that can be pointed out lovingly, right? Like so for example, what what are we really valuing here you and i having this conversation uh, i'm talking about the person who holds a strong belief what is of actually greater value here right i mean how christ has basically become less right practically speaking so how do we mm-hmm. point to that to cuz their view should soften a little bit right i mean i hear what you're saying that our hearts should change but you should also be speaking into the softening of their heart towards the more important thing, the thing of greater
0: value, don't you think? Right. And I think this comes down to how, in a sense, the you know, these how you, how you win the culture war isn't the right question. Exactly. It's as people experience Jesus. Yep. And as their heart and mind is transformed by him. You know, their, their views, their worldviews are going to change, and that, that happens one person at a time. That doesn't happen, uh, you know, in the Facebook arguments and on the protest line. I mean, you're not going to change a lot of opinions there, but as you love somebody, even if you don't believe what they believe, if you're pointing them to Christ, I, I think he is going to change them and we have a responsibility to look at that in our own life what does he want us to change as we engage with people who don't agree with us yeah i mean i had this happen let me give you a personal example um i had a, had a guy um he's patient and and he uh he he basically started getting pretty critical of of uh folks that are pro-life and and i'm a, i'm I'm adopted. I was adopted at birth, knowing that my whole life, and very comfortable with it, and I'm very thankful for the choices that were made that allowed me to be a part of this world, and I'm pretty passionate about the issue of pro-life, pro-choice, and I just lost my cool. I really did. I lost my temper, um, and it's just totally unprofessional. But I mean, I I do talk politics, and it does come up, and I think. You know, I occasionally have conversations and, and I just let my I let myself get out of out of hand. So I mean at that point when I felt that anger welling up in me, I I probably needed to stop and go, okay, he he doesn't believe what I believe, but me getting angry isn't gonna solve anything here.
1: Right. Well uh, and, and that's what I mean about the the what what truth is more valuable there? You two being respectively right, right? Or what if you what if you said, you know what, I fundamentally disagree with you, mm-hmm. but I love you because you're a you're a child of God.
0: You know right? he did it better than I did. He came <laughs> back to me and has come back to me for years, and and I had to apologize. I, I apologized to him uh, the next time I saw him, and and but I mean, you know, not a believer, I don't think, but. Certainly someone who, um, you know, was able to set aside what happened and move on.
1: I mean, so I think what we're seeing, I think one of the things we're really trying to communicate through this podcast is there is real power in surrender. Like when people imagine an onlooker seeing two people fighting, there's Mm -hmm. nothing redeeming or special about that. But when they get into a conversation where people adamantly don't see the same way and then they say, you know what, but I love you. Where do you wanna go? Eat? That is special. And I think the only way that can come is by submitting or surrendering to a, a more important truth. I mean, and, and, and so in each one of these podcasts, I think we need to ask ourselves, what is that thing I need to surrender? I mean, the last podcast that we talked about how David owned his sin more quickly, I've been thinking about that over and over and trying to exercise it more in my life, and that is a value, mm-hmm. right?
0: Well, I mean, this very past Sunday, um, one of our pastors at the very end of his sermon, you know, reminded us that, that it's no longer us as individuals, it's Christ in us. Um, so we become representatives of Christ, and it's, you know, we have to remember that as we get into these debates. I think see politics may be your hot button
1: item may not but in 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 one some of these podcasts we should see something that we need to grapple with and and that's my my takeaway so thanks for queuing this up and and talking us through this yeah it's been fun
0: i've really enjoyed this conversation thank
1: you all for listening join us next time for a world intention